America produced $824 million worth of hemp in 2021, according to the USDA. We're going to take a look at that as well as how global cannabis extract markets are going to surpass $38 billion by 2030. All that coming up. It's only entertainment. Welcome back to The Talking Hedge. I'm Josh Kincaid, Capital Markets Analyst and host of your Cannabis Business Podcast. We're going to look at the globalization of hemp and cannabis with respects to uh, hemp benchmarks report on some uh, hemp, how much was planted, how much was harvested, all of that, and as well as uh, cannabis extracts. The USDA released uh, results for a 2021 hemp acreage and production survey. The survey collected data from hemp growers. What they were able to determine is there was over 54,000 acres of hemp that was planted. In terms of harvested, 33,000 acres were harvested. The value of that, 712 million, according to this survey. Most of these hemp farmers are men, 82%. Most of them are doing, are doing farming as a primary occupation. Some of the characteristics, including operating a farm uh, and breaking that down by utilization uh, in 2021, floral hemp production was estimated at 19 million pounds. Hemp grown for grain was 4 million pounds. Hemp grown for fiber was 33 million pounds. And the production for seed was 1.86 million pounds. You know, when you see a story like this on Benzing about $824 million of hemp, you're like, oh, that's a lot of money. That's almost a billion dollars. And then you take a look at the top market caps for some of these other companies that are out there and revenues of $571 billion for Walmart. Even if you went all the way down to like Siemens at 100, the top 100 market cap companies, $70 billion. So hemp really is just an ingredient. It's not a company. It's not um, its, its own industry in and of itself. Um, it's relatively really, really small. It is going global though. It is kind of the uh, gateway for, you know, medical, I think, um, CBD with Charlotte's Web, for example, was a massive shift in how regulators looked at cannabis. So as we see cannabis extracts, whether that's uh, Rick Simpson oil or CBD oil, um, it's going to play, it's going to have its place in the market. So we're going to see global cannabis kind of Excel, I'm going to be in, in Mexico next month, and they've been pushing that for a while. So now we've got Canada and Mexico kind of creating this sandwich in the U.S. That's going to happen. U.S. legalization probably four years from now. And then it's off to the races. We're already seeing countries adopt Bitcoin. Um, Jamaica adopted central bank digital coin, CBDC, and they already have cannabis. So there's a lot of movement towards things you wouldn't think that would happen, and it's already happening. So it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. So there's a report done by Coherent Market Insights. They think that the cannabis extract market is going to be valued at almost $11 billion this year. It's going to have a kegger or a compounded annual growth rate of so over 17% over the next few years. The majority of that is going to come from CBD. Um, so when you have extracts for CBD or CBG, some of these other cannabinoids, um, flavonoids, terpenes, 
um, you know, they're going to be utilizing this plant for a lot more than, than just hemp, just CBD. So it's going to provide consumers with a lot of access. We need um, a lot of good, highly, um, today's a struggle. I need some CBD, I guess. I was up from like 11 o'clock uh, last night until like three or four in the morning. So uh, <laughs> maybe I should have done this on another day. Maybe I should have done it with CBD, but, but here we are. Uh, talking about CBD and cannabinoids, flavonoids, terpenes, all of these things that are gaining more and more respect as we realize that it's not the percentage that gets us there, but it's the terpenes that is the direction we want to go. I've been saying that for a while um, on the podcast. So it's definitely an area where Europe, places like France that are still kind of circa 2016 right now, that are going to use CBD as their expansion into the market. Same with China, kind of take it any way we can get. All of these plants should be tested for pesticide, mold, mildew, um, any of those things. So three quarters of, of the hemp that was within hemp benchmarks report cited that they did have issues with pest mold or disease. So they probably just blasted that into CBD oil, which I'm not a fan of the mold to gold, um, you know, where it's moldy and then you can just get money from it. Gold. Uh, I'm, I'm not a fan. So seeing uh, over 5% of the people, um, not meet that THC requirement. So hot hemp, um, which is still easy to offload in the market and make into therapy. Therapeutic products, salves, balms. Eight out of ten people are making, are harvesting by hand, which is crazy because there's not many other agricultural crops that do that. But you know that means that it's still eighty um, percent are are small time farmers, which is great. Hopefully they'll be able to make a lot of money. I think that's that's amazing, but uh, it's not going to be that way for a while, uh, for for that much longer. People are going to be using machines and automation and um, that's going to catch on real quick, especially since you can't, you couldn't find laborers in 2019, let alone now. There's no way. In terms of the hemp breakdown, you're still seeing about uh, an even split between smokable biomass and then both. Pretty close to an equal in terms of... um, how, how people are processing the biomass, either they're doing it or somebody else is doing it, is fairly equal. And how they're doing it is mostly hang drying two thirds versus only, you know, less than one fifth machine drying, which will change um, for efficiencies and, and other obvious reasons. Most people had a buyer before they planted. I remember in 2018, people were harvesting and then looking for ways to dry. And then they realized, oh, it's not, it's not readily available for equipment, you know, drying equipment. So a lot of people were trying to, um, you know, just, just have uh, drying racks and then they lost a lot, lost a lot to mold and other issues. Um, it's best to have a buyer beforehand. So, uh, almost two, uh, th- uh, almost three quarters of the folks had buyers beforehand, which is great. And the rest have to go on a marketplace and try and offload that somewhere. As more people start using CBD, it's going to become more important to have, um, brand awareness for reputation. Um, you know, heavy metals is, is kind of important. Like cannabis can cross that blood brain barrier, right? That's why there's a patent six, six, three, zero, five, zero, seven is, um, 
the, the blood brain barrier protection. And if cannabis can cross that, it can bring heavy metals and other, um, you know, things with it. So you really want to make sure that where it's coming from is, uh, a place that's, that's done right. You don't want to have like pesticides or heavy metals or all these other things. So that's going to become more important as people use cannabis more frequently, um, and, um, CBD extracts, getting things properly tested, uh, and knowing where it comes from is going to be really crucial for brand reputation and brand awareness uh, and um, safety and efficacy. All of those things are going to be a lot more important moving forward. With that, we're going to roll this one up. I'm Josh Kincaid. This is The Talking Hedge. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe, or don't, and I'm out. Don't forget to smash that like button on your way out and check out these other videos that we've got. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Season one of Dope History is now available at dopehistory.com. Dope History weaves you through the lives of those who have been touched by cannabis or have had an influence on the events that shaped our laws or relationships with this plant. You'll hear tales from Frenchie Cannoli, Keith Strop, Eddie Lepp, Tom Alexander, Ed Rosenthal, Wolf Seagull, Jorge Cervantes, and Tommy Chong. Available now at dopehistory.com.